of righteousness described in the Bible. There's righteousness means everything that pertains to being right. Okay? Now, there is what I would call a limited righteousness, and then there is God's gift of righteousness. A limited righteousness is what you and I have, which means sometimes you act the right way. You do what accords with what is right. The reason I say it's a limited righteousness is because none of us act righteous all the time. Some days you get it right. Some days you get it wrong. That's why God's righteousness is so important for us. Striving for perfection is pointless when it is freely given as a gift through Jesus. Paul is making that conclusion for the Galatians as we listen to today's teaching from Pastor Daniel. We'll hear about God's blessing given to humanity and why no one is justified by law any longer. It's all because of the gift of Jesus. Now, here's Pastor Daniel with part three of his message entitled, Jesus is Greater Than Religion. Jesus is I think in regards to the Jesus is greater than religion reality, this is big. Having begun in the Spirit, are you seeking to be made perfect in the flesh? This was the Galatians' problem. They began in the Spirit. God did a work in their life, and now they're seeking to perfect themselves by the things that they do. Remember I said that we are justified by faith last week, and in this question of how you began, did you begin by faith or works, and it's by faith? Just as we are justified by faith, we are converted or regenerated by faith, What we learn in this verse is that we are also sanctified by faith. The growth in holiness that each one of us are experiencing, if indeed you put your faith and trust in Jesus, that also happens not by the things that you do, but by your trust in the finished work of Jesus. It's not like you get saved and the Spirit doesn't work and now you have to work everything else out. Your growth in the things of God, holiness, actually also happens by faith in God, not by the things that you do. And right here, I believe this is where Christianity becomes a religion for a lot of us. Because we get saved by a supernatural work of God, and then you get ushered into, in order to grow, I need to do this thing, this thing, this thing, and this thing, and then I'll grow. Now, don't get me wrong. God has given us all a ton of tools to use But those tools do not work in and of themselves. Those tools work in conjunction when it is motivated by trusting God. Let me give you some examples. Somebody believes in Jesus and wants to be made perfect by works. And so what do they do? They read their Bible ferociously. Good thing. But if you read your Bible, divorced from trusting God, you become one of those grumpy, dried-up, orthodox Bible scholars where they know everything about the word, but they can't love a person because that person's doctrine is so wrong. And And it's time for worship, and they're like, I don't want to worship. I just want to study the word. Because the book has become more important than the God who inspired the book. The book is designed to promote us to worship. It happens. And I believe for many of us, We got saved by a work of grace in the Spirit, and you're trying to perfect yourself by works. 
We're, you're trying to build your own Tower of Babel. You know that, you, and it's, you believe in Jesus, but if I do these things, then God really loves me, and if I don't do these things, then God really doesn't love me. And I'm here to tell you, that is works righteousness. Do you realize you cannot do one thing to make God love you more, or one thing to make God love you less, if you put your faith and trust in Jesus? That's a shocking thing, right? But it's true. See, we grow not based on works, but by faith. And God... and. God loves us enough to give us this information so that we learn. I know what it's like to seek to be perfected by works. This is an example. I remember when I was uh, an assistant pastor down in the Bay Area, there was a pastor, and this pastor decided he was going to fast for 40 days and 40 nights. That's what Jesus did. And what was amazing is the guy forgot to read that part of his Bible that says that when you go to fast, don't tell anybody because everybody knew. The whole world knew that this guy was fasting. And sure enough, I go to these pastor's meetings and there would be that guy, and he'd be like drinking his little cup of water, looking all depressed. I mean, I'd be depressed if I wasn't eating for 40 days and 40 nights too. But everyone was like, man, God is going to bless his church. Man, that church is going to triple in size. And I felt bad because you guys know I'm all Italian, so I'm a verbal eater. So if something tastes good, I'm like, mmm, you know, that's just the way that I'm made. I'm not, I wasn't trying to be mean to this guy, but, you know, it's like every time you take it, there would be a crepe there. Oh, so, mmm, oh, sorry, sorry, bro. And, and then sure enough, you know, it's like you, you eat a piece of bacon and you're like, Lord, thank you for the Jerusalem council. Praise you. Oh, sorry, sorry, brother. Sorry. Because you feel bad. This guy's just drinking his water. But you know what happened to this guy? Fasted for 40 days and 40 nights. Church closes down six months later. Now, I'm not saying that the church closed down six months. I'm sure there was a lot of reasons, but everybody seemed to think that because this guy was fasting for 40 days and 40 nights that he was going to get like some uber blessing from God. My friends, that's works righteousness. As if, if you fast for 40 days and 40 nights, God's going to, you're in, God's in your debt. God's like, oh, whatever you want to do, since you've not been eating for so long, I'm going to do it for you. So sometimes we could be really solid in the Lord and forget that, listen, if you fast, fasting's a good thing. But don't think you're fasting so that God will do the thing that you want him to do. You fast because you're yearning for God. You're lovesick for God. You're hungry for God. You need God more than you need food, and you need food. But none of that puts God in our debt. None of it does. But that's a way that you begin in the Spirit and seek to be made, what, perfect in the flesh. And it's not possible. You begin in the Spirit, and you become perfected in the Spirit by faith, not by works. Fourth question is an important one. Look at the fifth question. In verse 4, having suffered so many things, have you suffered so many things in vain, if indeed it was in vain? Now he's talking about the hardships that they've endured, the persecution that they've endured. He's like, look, you guys have suffered so many things in vain. Why, why did you suffer if it's not because of the gospel? You read about Paul and his companions in Acts 14. They were persecuted in the regions of Galatia. They had a hard time there. And by extension, it would seem that the churches in Galatia also suffered. And I'm here to tell you, for many of us, we put our faith in Jesus Christ. And there's a suffering that happens because you realize that when you put your faith in Jesus and God starts to transform your life, people who were your friends are no longer your friends because you've changed. But you know what I've learned is that the people who used to be my friends who aren't any, more, any longer, they actually weren't my friends. They just used me to get what they wanted. Because a true friend is a friend no matter how you grow. 
So for many of you, you've experienced the hurt and the loss of relationships because of the way God has moved in your life. And it'd be easy, like, so did did all that happen for no reason? Was it in vain? No. There's a reason why these things happen, and it's important because of the gospel. And then finally, verse 5, the sixth question, therefore. Now, when you see the word therefore, what do you ask? What's it there for? That's Bible interpretation 101. Therefore, what's it there for? Therefore, verse 5, he who supplies the Spirit to you and works miracles among you, does he do it by the works of law or by the hearing of faith? Now, this is talking about the charismatic gifts of the Spirit. He's saying, look, he who supplies the Spirit to you and works miracles among you, does he do it by faith or by works of law? So not only does he say, look at your roots and look at your sanctification, but like, look at what God is doing right now. In the present moment. Now, listen, the last question, it's important for us to realize this, that oftentimes in churches, in charismatic churches, you kind of hear that these things are going to happen in you if you do X, this thing. Like you go to an all-night prayer meeting and you're going to speak in tongues by the time it's over. Now, don't get me wrong. Praying is good. But again, it's works righteousness. Do you know why we don't experience the charismatic gifts of the Spirit? Because we don't trust We don't believe that God, that the Spirit is in us and that the Spirit wants to bubble up out of our lives and that God wants us to be the scene of His Spirit touching down. And I'm here to tell you, no amount of prayer meetings, no, these things are good, but they are not going to make these things happen. These things happen by faith. And I believe, and one of the things that I pray for us as as a family of faith is that God, we would simply believe that you want our lives to be the scene of the touchdown of your Spirit. Because I'm here to tell you, our lives were designed by God to be the location for heaven to touch down to earth and for God's spirits to bubble up in our lives. And if you're in Jesus, then everything is taken care of for that to happen. You don't need to, oh man, you need to go and check out this speaker here and he's going to do this thing here and then boom. No. It happens by faith, not by works of law. And not that prayer is bad. It's like, listen, pray. And if you've never prayed all night, it's an amazing thing when you're in a long prayer meeting. But don't think for one second that that's the stuff that's going to get those things there. It's all out of order. So we need to ask ourselves probing questions. Now, notice it says, therefore, and there's a dash in my Bible at the very end of verse 5 because he's moving into the next section. Look what he says. Does he do it, end of verse 5, by works of law or by the hearing of faith? Just as Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him for righteousness. Therefore, know that only those who are of faith are sons of Abraham. And the scripture, foreseeing that God would justify the Gentiles by faith, preached the gospel to Abraham beforehand, saying, In you, all the nations shall be blessed. So then, those who are of faith are blessed with believing Abraham. Now, what the Apostle Paul does, think about it. The churches in Galatia were leaving just Jesus for the, I believe in Jesus, plus the religion of Judaism. And so Paul goes right at the originator of God's work that became the children of Israel. Everybody who was Jewish know that Abraham was the patriarch. 
God called Abraham out to start this brand new group of people. He made a great nation. There's all these promises. And we get a couple of those verses there. And so Paul's like, look, you want to become Jewish. Let me show you that God's plan for the descendants of Abraham was never, was never meant to be by works of law. It was always by faith. And so what we learn is that those who are of faith are children of Father Abraham. And you and I are called to be children of Father Abraham. How many of you guys remember that camp song, Father Abraham? You guys are, so listen, you guys know, I didn't grow up in the church. I went to a camp and they used to sing that song. And I remember we, I would sing it and we, we'd be in like the little cafeteria because i go to camp and they'd say, and Father Abraham had many sons and many sons had through Abraham and I am one of them and so are you. And let's just, you know, all, you guys remember that, right? Now, I remember growing up, I'd sing that song, and I'm like, well, who's Father Abraham? My dad's name is Tom, and I'm the only son of my dad, so who's this guy? And I, did, I had no clue what it was about. And then it's funny, I'm, I'm reading Galatians, I'm thinking, I'm like, oh, that was what that song was about. What does it mean? The reason you and I are children of Father Abraham is because it's by faith. It's not by, we didn't become children of Father Abraham by works of law. It happened by faith. See, because look what he says. It's beautiful. He says, he says, just as Abraham, verse 6, believed God, and it was accounted to him for righteousness. This is a quotation from Genesis 15, verse 6. That Abraham believed God, had faith in God, and it was accounted to him for righteousness. That's Genesis 15, 6. Paul is showing that God's calling on the life of Abraham was by faith and not by works. Now, there are two types of righteousness described in the Bible. There's, righteousness means everything that pertains to being right. Okay? Now, there is what I would call a limited righteousness, and then there is God's gift of righteousness. A limited righteousness is what you and I have, which means sometimes you act the right way. You do what accords with what is right. But the reason I say it's a limited righteousness is because none of us act righteous all the time. Let me give you a perfect example from my life, right? So maybe you're in the store, and this has happened to me, where all of a sudden you're in the store and somebody's having some sort of a problem. They're dropping things everywhere or whatever, and, you know, they look lost. And you stop and you say, hey, can I help you with that? I'm like, oh, thank you so much, you know? Like, at that moment, because somebody was in need and you can help them, you help them, that's a righteous thing to do. It accords with what is right because you serve somebody else. And we've all had that kind of experience, right? I was in Trader Joe's the other day, and there was a lady, and she was having a hard time, an older gal getting something off the top. I'm like, hey, which one do you want? Oh, let me get that for you. And I felt really good about myself because I had a good moment, right? But our good things that we do is always limited because nobody gets it right. Let me give you another example. So I love my family. My little kids are so cute. And I'm raising myself. My son, Obadiah, is personality-wise. He's just like, I, I get the pleasure of raising myself. And so I love Obadiah. <laughs> you can imagine. Pray for me. Pray for him, you know. But it's like Obadiah is a talker. And Obadiah doesn't care what time it is when it's time to talk. So I have this experience with Obadiah where all of a sudden it's the middle of the night. It's like 2 in the morning. And all of a sudden I open my eye. It's 2 in the morning and Obadiah is standing over me. Like, kind of creepy, you know what I mean? And I'm like, what's my next thought? Go to bed, right? And Obadiah would be like, oh, Dad, I just had this idea, and I just totally wanted to. It was so exciting. And, and you know, tomorrow when we're playing FIFA 15 on, on, on the Wii, can, can, can we do this? And I'm like, 
And I want to just squeeze his brains, you know, like. Now, listen, God's not finished with me yet, so he's working on me. But it's like, I realized at that moment, my son just wants to hang out. He, he's just he's excited. I don't know where he gets that stuff from, but he's excited. I, I, he just can't wait until tomorrow at 7 o'clock in the morning at an acceptable hour for a, a 10-year-old. But it's like, at that moment, I literally want, I want to kill him in Jesus' name. Now, I realize that God's working on me. I'm, I'm, you guys, I'm not perfect. Neither are you. Praise God. God loves us just the way we are, and he loves us too much to keep us this way. But it's like that moment when I reflect on it the next morning when I wake up, I'm like, I should have been nicer to Obadiah. I should have told him, buddy, I love that you want to hang out, and I love that we have such a great relationship, and I love that we get to play video games together. But at that moment, I just act straight wrong because it's like it's, it's an ungodly hour, and I'm not in the mood for a chit-chat about a video game. So that's why I say it's limited righteousness. Some days you get it right, some days you get it wrong. Amen? Amen. Our rightness is limited, but the righteousness that we're talking about here is God's gift of his perfect righteousness that he gave to Abraham as a gift. Why? Because Abraham believed. And I'm here to tell you, my friends, and we're going to talk about this in just a second, that the Christian message, the good news of Jesus Christ, is not that we get everything right, because nobody does. And Lord willing, we're doing better at getting things right. But in all the ways that we don't get things right, we still have this perfect righteousness that God gives us as a gift when we trust and believe in Jesus. And that's why Abraham is the father of faith, and we are children of Father Abraham because of faith, not because of works of law. And so Paul makes that conclusion in verse 7. Therefore, and you say, what's it there for? Because of what we just saw, know that only those who are of faith are sons of of Abraham. That's why I get children of Father Abraham. And then verse 8, and the scriptures foreseeing that God would justify the Gentiles by faith, preach the gospel to Abraham beforehand saying, in you all the nations shall be blessed. So then those who are of faith are blessed with believing Abraham. Now we have another quotation here. This is Genesis chapter 12, verse 3. In you all the nations will be blessed. And Paul says, listen, when God says in Genesis 12, 3 to Abraham, in you all the nations will be blessed, he is actually talking about God bringing the good news of Jesus, saving the non-descendants of Abraham. That's what he's talking about. So my question to you in this moment is how are you joining this blessing that God has given to the world of the message of Jesus. This is why we have connect and serve. This is why we want you to check in at your favorite social networking site. This is why we want you to, to invite your friends to join you in life and seek to, to share with them, share life with them and Jesus in the process. Why? Because Jesus is God's blessing to humanity. And we join in God's blessing to humanity when we, like Abraham, are part of that blessing being lived out loud. Ask yourself that question. How am I part of this blessing that God has given? How can I take another step in being that blessing? Now, look at how this section closes. Verse 10. For as many as are of the works of the law are under the curse for it is written, cursed is everyone who does not continue in all the things which are written in the book of the law to do them. But that no one is justified by the law in the sight of God is evident for the just shall live by faith. 
Yet the law is not of faith, but the man who does them shall live by them. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us, for it is written, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree, that the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles in Christ Jesus, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Now, verse 13 and 14 gives us the conclusion, and then I want to show you that, and I want to back up. Notice what it says. It says, Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become the curse for us. This is the first time Jesus is mentioned since verse 1 of chapter 3. So now we come back to the work of Jesus. Notice in verse 14, that the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles in Christ Jesus, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. We learn that we need to live by faith. We need to live by faith. Everything that you want in your life spiritually doesn't happen based on works. It happens based on faith. The promise is given to us. The blessing of the Spirit, it does not come based on law keeping, whether Jewish law or whatever else, but it comes based on faith. So you and I need to learn how to live by faith. Now, what Paul does here in these verses, he does something called pearl stringing where he takes all these verses, some of the people like to call it proof texting. He says, look, if you want to keep the law, let's let the law tell us what the law does. And here's a verse, and here's a point. Here's a verse, here's a point. Here's a verse. So it's like each scripture is a pearl, and you put them all together, you get a string of pearls. What Paul does, he makes the case, listen, this is how I know it's not of the law. This is how I know. Let's let the law speak. The first quotation in verse 10 comes from Deuteronomy chapter 27, verse 26. For as many as are of the works of the law are under the curse. For it is written, curses everyone who does not continue in all things which are written in the book of the law to do them. Now, in Deuteronomy 27, 26, this verse, two important words, all and do. Those are important words here. So what it says. Cursed is everyone who does not continue in all all the things which are written in the book of the law to do them. So the reason the law brings a curse is because if you want to put yourself under the law, you need to put yourself under the whole law, and you need to not just intend to like it, you need to do it all. I know what we all know. We've all already broken the law, right? All of us. Maybe you were five years old and you stole a piece of bubble gum from the from the, the convenience store countertop. It was just right there. It was perfect level. And you just, your mom said no and you did it. We've, we've all done that kind of stuff. And so each one of us have already failed at keeping everything in the law and living it out completely. So we're under the curse of the law. Then he moves from there. Verse 11. But that one is justified by the law in the sight of God is evident for the just shall live by faith. This is... The book of Habakkuk, chapter 2, verse 4. The just shall live by faith. He's saying, look, that word the just, it could also be translated the righteous. The right shall live by faith. Jesus is real. Thanks for joining us today for this edition of Jesus is Real Radio. We're so blessed by what God is doing through Jesus is Real Radio. We want to give you the opportunity to partner with us. For anyone who wants to help 
further the gospel here on Jesus is Real Radio. With a gift of $20 or more, we will send you a personalized copy of Pastor Daniel's book, Honestly. I'll be back in a moment to tell you how you can receive your personalized copy. But first, here's Pastor Daniel with more about this special book offer. Thanks, Josh. Honestly is a book I wrote to help people deal with the messiness of life. I mean, we all know it. Life throws us curveballs all the time. We never know what's coming next. But honestly comes from what I've discovered out of Paul's letter to the Ephesians, how you can manage your life through the lens of your relationship with Jesus. It's some powerful stuff, and I've been blessed as many people have told me how the book has helped them on their spiritual journey. I'm confident that honestly will be a blessing to you as you walk with Jesus, and I'll be personalizing each and every copy for the Jesus is Real radio listeners who partner with us this month. Here's Josh with some more information. Thanks, Pastor Daniel. Again, to receive your very own personalized copy of Honestly, simply log on to JesusIsRealRadio.com and click on Partner. Then you can securely make your donation of $20 or more, which includes shipping. Remember, by partnering with us this month with your gift, You'll not only receive this great resource, you'll also be enabling Jesus is Real Radio to be heard on this station and many more. That's all the time we have for today. Join us next time for another edition of Jesus is Real Radio. 